Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? I had a great time in my home state this week over in Louisiana. Yeah, state conventions. Yes, state conventions. You you got to go back to one of your former home states uh, I up did. in Virginia. For, first time back at the SBCV homecoming in 10 years. Last time I was there, it was as a messenger. All right. And this time you were as a presenter. That's correct. That's correct. Did a breakout session. Keith and I did one together, and that was a lot of fun. And it was really neat. So you, we did two, you know, same same session back to back. And in our first one, on the front row, three people from our church in Virginia, from Waverly Baptist Church, cool. had come and walked in. And it was really funny because I had an illustration as part of our presentation, and it was from something uh, from back then. It was a family. It was an illustration about our family, but it was from that time in life. And so uh, it was kind of meaningful. I wasn't prepared for there to be people in the room who had actually been around, you know, during that time. And, and so a little emotional and, and everything, but great to see them. And my goodness, there's just such a celebratory atmosphere at the SBCV. And it was, it was great. And we also had from the executive committee, Dr. Ken Weathersby was there and I got to hear his sermon. It was really, really good. So he gave a sermon there. Yeah. It was kind of, they have, they have sort of short messages, you know, it was about a 25 minute uh, sermon. And so kind of presented for the executive committee and then shared. So they, he was one of the main speakers. It was awesome. Outstanding. Well, we've talked about Dr. Weathersby's retirement that's coming up. Right. Uh, so uh, we also mentioned that the executive committee would be splitting that role into three executive director roles, one for Hispanic relations and mobilization, one for the African-American, one for Asian-American. Well, we have the first announcement, Amy, for the yes. Hispanic relations and mobilization role. That came out this week. That's our lead story here on the podcast. Julio Ariola will be joining us at the executive committee to work with Hispanic churches in the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah, this is a really uh, exciting announcement. So, as you said, it's the first of a few positions, because we had talked about that before, uh, but now this is the first time to name one of our new co-workers. Julio has served in a few different places. Currently, Iglesia Vida, which is the largest Baptist church in Guadalajara, Mexico. He planted that church in 2017. But That, stands, also- that means life church in Spanish, Amy. Yes. Okay, thank you. I did I- I'm not, yeah, I don't speak Spanish. Um, I don't either, but I just know those words. Before that, he was global worship pastor at Cross Church in Springdale, Arkansas. Now, one thing that might make a connection with some people is that Julio, for two years, when Ronnie Floyd was president of the Southern Baptist Convention, served as the worship leader for the SBC annual meeting. So that's where I came into contact with him, and he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, and also, Amy, he's a former guest on SBC This Week. That's right. When was That's that? Right. That that was. It was like right out the gate. It's like the second or third episode. I think it was the second episode. And, yeah, and I maybe think third that episode? was that I didn't get to participate in that interview no, you because didn't. that was kind of before we had all the technological ducks in a row to to do the joint interviews and things. So you were conducting a lot of those. Yeah. So we we had Julio on early on talking about the worship to expect at the first of two that he led. That was the one I think in Columbus. And I'm not sure if we had him on the next year or not. We may have had him on again later the next year for for the second second year that he led at the annual meeting. But I I can't remember if he did or not. But I do know he's been on before. 
So it's good to have Julio on board with us at the executive committee. He'll start in January in that new role working with Hispanic churches on Hispanic mobilization and relations. This is a joint effort with the North American Mission Board uh, to help them as well. So uh, Julio with us here at the executive committee. So we're excited to have him. Looking forward to getting him in the office after the first of the year. So now, Amy, we go down to the Atlanta area. A huge day. Absolutely massive day at Johnson Ferry Baptist Church a couple of weeks ago. They collected $5.1 million in a single day for a great commission offering that was collected to honor outgoing senior pastor Bryant Wright and his wife, Anne, for their 38 years of service at the church. Wow, this is incredible. And and let's just stop for a moment and comment on that. I mean, I, I've been around and seen when things are sort of brought together as a, a pastor is leaving and and. Church members want the opportunity to honor their service at the church, but look at at this this effort to to essentially just say we're going to bring together a missions offering honoring that and wow did the people respond. So these receipts will be divided among the International Mission Board, the North American Mission Board, and the church's ministry budget, which would then, you know, turn around and and be used in the way that uh, that they have everything divided up. Uh, but really incredible. It's officially $5,104,848.09. Uh, Amy, you mentioned that going to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, which helps fund our missionaries overseas. We also sent out 29 missionaries and commissioned those uh, this week in Oklahoma in, in kind of conjunction with the Oklahoma State Annual Meeting. So that, that's kind of a neat little thing. They're kind of two-in-one action there. They had a sending celebration, and what that meant was that the, the Oklahoma Baptists got to see how their giving helps the International Mission Board. So they appointed 29 missionaries that had been voted on and approved by IMB trustees, and Paul Chitwood was there as well to preach the message at that service. So a really neat way at the state level to sort of make that connection with what their efforts do around the world. Um they also committed during the annual meeting to sending 20% more missionaries by 2025, and they committed to a 20% increase in cooperative program giving. So a lot of big goals there. Yeah, those are in, a couple of big steps right there. Yeah, in Oklahoma. Yeah, So, and also want to congratulate Paul Chitwood on his first anniversary as IMB president. He was elected a year ago this week to serve at the IMB, so... Thankful for him. Good to see him in Louisiana this week. Uh, he was down there where I was on Monday night and then hopped on a plane, I think Tuesday morning, and bounced over to Oklahoma to be a part of that sending celebration. So speaking of state conventions, we do have some recaps. As you said, you were in Louisiana. I was in this week. I was in Virginia and was in North Carolina. Oh, got that's to, right. Yes, got to hear. A little hear. cold there. A little cold. Yes, it was and rainy, rainy. I drove, I drove over for that one. It's about an hour and 20 minutes from our house. So I drove over in the morning in the rain, drove back that night and, but very much worth it to see North Carolina Baptists. Uh, Dr. Floyd came and gave the report from the executive committee and then preached the sermon there. And it was a, a very evangelistic night, very uh, focused on who's your one and good, good crowd showed up. 
for that mm-hmm. last service. So yeah. it was great and good to see North Carolina Baptist. Yep. And Dr. Floyd was also down in Florida just before that. He was there on Monday and joined more than 2,200 attendees, Amy, 2,200 people. That's incredible. Florida Baptist Convention, which is just awesome. I, I, I think that's a good sign for things to come, Amy, in June. At their meeting, they reelected Pastor Eric Cummings, who's the pastor at New Life Baptist Church as the Florida Baptist State Convention president. Also reelected were Mike Wiggins uh, of Pine Terrace Baptist Church in Milton, Florida, as first vice president, Vanessa Rodriguez Cardona, uh, who's a real estate agent and wife of a bivocational pastor, Jose Cardona, down in Winter Garden as second vice president. we got a female second vice president, Amy, in Florida. And Randy Huckabee, pastor at First Baptist Church in Dade City, was reelected as the recording secretary. They also approved a $30 million Florida cooperative program budget for 2020 that will designate 51% of all receipts to Southern Baptist National and International Causes and 49% to Missions and Ministries of the Florida Baptist Convention. That budget is identical to the 2019 budget. So, uh, and, and any receipts that come in over budget are forwarded 100% to the SBC. This also That's says huge. they w- Yeah, it is 100%. They also uh, welcomed 58 new cooperating churches that had been planted between September 2018 and October 2019. So really exciting things for Florida Baptists. Yeah, and they also authorized the sale of the Blue Springs campus of the Baptist College of Florida and a parcel of property over at the Lake Yale Conference Center. So in his report to Florida Baptists, the state executive director, Tommy Green, set a new vision for them over the next five years. He's calling it Challenge 2025, and it includes... Challenges to baptize 30,000 new believers each year, to increase church plants to 75 per year, and church revitalizations to 100 per year, to expand mission engagements to involve 12,000 Florida Baptists annually, and to increase the cooperative program giving to $33 million from the $30 million, so a 10% increase in CP giving over the next five years, and to elevate the McGuire State Missions Offering gifts to $1 million in the state. So some great goals set and I think attainable under Tommy Green's leadership. He's done a fantastic job down there in Florida. There's a lot of momentum going there. Dr. Floyd was highly complimentary of that meeting uh, when he got back. He was telling us all about it. Had a great dinner with people down in Florida. Uh, there's a story in Baptist Press about that. Had over 800 people at a dinner. Uh, just just amazing job done down there at the Florida Baptist Convention. And uh, we're excited to see where Tommy Green is leading them. Over to Wyoming, Amy, where they passed a $1.2 million budget, which is slightly less than their $1.3 million budget last year. Uh, there's some change in there as well. Uh, but of that, $525,000 is anticipated in cooperative program giving. 32.75% of those undesignated funds, which is unchanged from last year, will be sent on to national CP causes. What about the officers in Wyoming, Amy? New officers in Wyoming are President John Laramendi, pastor of Alcova Community Church, First Vice President Dean Whitaker, uh, who is pastor of United Baptist Church in Riverton, Second Vice President Ed Tharp. He is from Boyd Avenue Baptist Church in Casper and is the Baptist Collegiate Ministries Director at Casper College. And then Sherry Mickelson from First Southern Baptist Church in Powell was elected Recording Secretary, and Don Kenny from Mountain View Baptist Church in Mills elected Assistant Recording Secretary. They were all elected unopposed 
and unanimously. So lots of agreement on those officers, and uh, I'm, and we congratulate all of them. Amy, they had 108 attendees at the Wyoming State Convention, and those 108 messengers voted to change the bylaws of the State Convention on Mountaintop Assembly to bring wording into alignment with the Wyoming networks, such as replacing the term executive director with state missionary. So they did that unanimously. Congratulations to all of our friends out in Wyoming on a great convention meeting. Moving over to Iowa, Amy, where they highlighted evangelism and church planning. And I I see a picture of Dr. Floyd. He was in Iowa too. This was a a couple of weeks ago. He was making the rounds. He's been on the road. So Iowa came together. They met at First Family Church in Ankeny. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Sure. Uh, And their theme was Together for Iowa. They had 78 messengers from 36 churches, and they announced four new church starts. Uh, So that was, was exciting and noted that all of them have planters or team members who had moved from out of state to be on mission in Iowa. Two of them were from sending churches planting their first church in Iowa. So uh, definitely a, a place that is of of focus. The messengers there approved a budget of $1,705,046. That's an increase of 4.86% from 2019, and they will continue to forward 50% of CP receipts to SBC missions and ministries. Elected as officers during the annual meeting were Jim Parker, who's the pastor of Sojourn Church in Council Bluffs. First vice president was Todd Stiles, a pastor of First Family Church that we mentioned earlier. Second vice president was Michael Felkins, pastor of Grand Avenue Baptist Church in Ames. Secretary Jerome Risting, who's a pastor of Temple Baptist in Mason City. They were all unopposed and elected by unanimous vote. Amy, I I know geography west to east here. So from Iowa, we go to Illinois, where they refocus on revitalized ministry. They had just over 500 messengers in attendance at the IBSA annual meeting and adopted a 2020 budget of $6.3 million in cooperative program giving. Uh, Of that, 43.5% will be sent on to the SBC Executive Committee for national and international causes. And a new slate of officers was elected for the coming year, including President Sammy Simmons, who's the pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church in Benton, Vice President Heath Tibbetts, pastor of First Baptist in McChesney Park, Recording Secretary Sharon Carty, member of Emanuel Baptist Church, and Carlinville and Assistant Recording Secretary Brianna Townbridge, who's a member of Samaria Mission Baptist Church. They also welcomed 16 new churches into affiliation with the Illinois Baptists and heard from church planters working across the state that represent about 70 new churches currently being planted in Illinois. So good meeting in Illinois. Amy, we're going to keep going east to Indiana. Yes. Yeah, so these are all the I states we've done. We're Iowa, Illinois, yeah, I did that on Indiana. Yeah. It's a lot of alliteration here today, Jonathan. Yes. So in Indiana, they met at the end of October. They had a 188 messengers from 94 of their cooperating churches and 51 guests meeting at the Highland Lakes Baptist Camp in Martinsville. They affirmed an Indiana SEND Network church planting partnership with the North American Mission Board and celebrated the first year of their Mile Marker 2025 initiative. So uh, the, those were, were big focuses. Um, and in that, they passed a budget of $3,924,424. That's an increase of 1.17% from their current budget. 
and they raised their cooperative program percentage to support SBC causes to 36%. That's one percentage point up from 35. Officers are Bobby Pell, President, Josh Gopfrich. I'm so sorry, Josh, if you're listening. I hope he is actually second vice president, Randy Forsyth, first vice president, and Steve Taylor, recording secretary. I'm going to guess that's not Steve Taylor, the singer from the 80s, but... Probably not. And I think it's yeah. Gopfrich. Gopfrich. Okay. Gopfrich. Josh Gopfrich, second vice president. Um, they also adopted... A motion requesting that the convention's president and executive board continue to seek ways to encourage Indiana Baptist churches to address the issue of sexual abuse, to utilize the training and conference materials on sexual abuse provided by the ERLC, and to accept the Caring Well Challenge set forth by the SBC Sexual Abuse Advisory Group. And then they passed two resolutions, one on church cooperation in dealing with sexual and physical abuse, and a resolution on responding to sexual abuse. So uh, that was clearly a topic of the state convention in Indiana. Some news from Midwestern, Amy, and I'm going to take credit for this. Midwestern Seminary's Spurgeon College will be starting soccer next year in the NCCAA, which is a National Christian College Athletic Association. They already do basketball. They just tipped off uh, their first year in basketball this year. But they're going to field men's and women's soccer teams next year. And I honestly think this is just a ploy to get into the daily email in the BP Sports section of the email. You think so? Really? Yeah, I, I think that that's, the, uh, that's, that's what it's that's about. Dr. It's Allen's about you. Entire plan. It's about, it's about getting you. into the. It's about getting into the email. I think that's uh-huh. that's totally it. Uh huh. I'm I'm sure. You don't yes. think that's it? Yeah, I don't know. You're. I I, I want to say those who are getting the morning email, which I hope if you're listening, sign up for that. SBCMorningBriefing.com. I don't write any of those sports points. Yes. None of them. But this is a great development and it's not to get into the morning email obviously right. it's it's about providing a, a you know kind of a college experience there at Spurgeon College so i'm excited about this boys college added soccer i think last year or the year before uh, they have basketball soccer uh, and, and maybe even expanding it some more but it's great to see this in Spurgeon College as well i'm excited about this i think it's great because i think it gives more of kind of a quote unquote normal college experience you you get the college atmosphere for these sports and i'm a big fan of this so uh congratulations to dr allen on the addition of soccer up at spurgeon college so and we will have to include them yes in the bp sports part of the newsletter every day if uh so i'm I'm working with them to kind of get some updates so i can talk about it more Uh, but down to oklahoma amy yeah they've got a new president at Oklahoma Baptist University. Tell us about Heath Thomas, Amy. The OBU Board of Trustees voted last week, November 8th, to elect Heath Thomas as the 16th president of the university. Uh, Dr. Thomas currently serves as the dean of the Hobbs College of Theology and Ministry and the associate vice president for church relations. He will begin his role January 2020 and has also been interim dean of the divisions of behavioral and social sciences and language and literature and the Floyd K. Clark chair of Christian leadership and professor of Old Testament. So uh, he's been wearing a lot of hats and now we'll just, you know, put on the one. But uh, he is no stranger to Southern Baptist scholarship and education. 
Before he was at Oklahoma Baptist, he served as director of PhD studies and associate professor of Old Testament and Hebrew at Southeastern Seminary. And he is an incredible, incredible scholar and just a just a really great uh, person. A lot of uh, wonderful leadership and really great sense of humor and personality and incredible family. So the Thomases are just a huge asset I know already at Oklahoma Baptist, and I could not say enough about this choice. It's excellent. It is excellent, Amy. Are we not going to talk about those golden locks? Uh, no. Okay. That was all the talk on Twitter the other day, was the hair. What, the hair? Yeah. That's did you not funny. see that? I didn't, I didn't see that. That's hilarious. The best response was uh, somebody was talking about how jealous they were of his hair. Yeah, and Eric, Eric Thomas, his brother, chimed in and goes, "Imagine how I feel." Which that, is that's good. Pretty incredible. That's really good. It was, yeah, it was incredible. Finally, Amy, uh, can you tell us where he got his PhD from? Yes, <laughs> he got. He I don't got even know how to say that. Man. A PhD in Old Testament from the University of Gloucestershire, I believe is how you say it. Is that how you say it, Gloucestershire? I, I, that's what I would have yeah. gone with. Or I Gloucestershire. So. Glou- yes. Gloucester- Gloucestershire. Yes. So yeah, yeah so that, that's a wild one. Yeah, but he does. He has a great family. Uh, his wife Jill is just one of my favorite people in the world. I'm very sad she lives in Oklahoma, really far from me. But she's going to be a huge asset to the OBU community as well. And this is this is just a great hire. Yeah, that's exciting for Oklahoma Baptist, and uh, I, I, this really this dropped late last Friday afternoon, and, and just was met with overwhelming support. So it's really exciting to see that. So congratulations to Dr. Thomas on this and looking forward to some great days ahead for Oklahoma Baptist University. Finally, Amy, an update from a story that we've discussed last week here on the podcast. Wes Feltner, who was a pastoral candidate at First Baptist Church Clarksville, is no longer being considered for that pastorate. Uh, The church announced on Sunday they had disbanded the pastor search committee and informed Feltner uh, that he was no longer a candidate. So I uh, just want to tie up that bow from last week's episode because uh, we talked quite a bit about that last week on the podcast. Additionally, it was announced that he would be taking administrative leave from the church where he is currently pastor and that they would be investigating the entire situation. That's Berean Baptist Church in Minnesota. Um, that is not a Southern Baptist church. But they made that announcement as well, just in light of the entire discussion. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. We're going to go to 1962 and uh, the November 14th issue of Baptist Press. If you go down and check around the third story, it's Cuban crisis increases need to help refugees. It's important to note that, remember, this is November 14th, 1962. This would have been in the aftermath of the Cuban Missile Crisis, which was in October of 1962. And so this is just a little snapshot into how Southern Baptists were processing this. Um, They said that the present Cuban crisis in which the United States has blockaded shipping to Cuba and its demand for the elimination of all offensive weapons from the island has intensified the need to help Cuban refugees now in Miami, and that that was the consensus of Southern Baptist leaders in 
the ministry that provided relief and resettlement for more than 100,000 refugees that had still been in Miami. So more than 20 state Baptist leaders and officials from the Home Mission Board met with local mission forces on the ground to try to see the problem firsthand. So think about this. This is a month after the Cuban Missile Crisis, and we had state Baptist leaders and Home Mission Board officials there in Miami working with the local area to look and see what was going on in response to a major crisis in the world. And they based the need for kind of upping the aid on the fact that traffic between the two countries had stopped. So there was little chance that these refugees would be able to go back and that it had disrupted the tourist trade in Florida. So there were not employment opportunities as as had been. All the forces who had been working at resettlement had placed 50,000 of the Cubans in other cities that Southern Baptists had resettled only 27 families by August, but already at this stage had resettled just a couple months later, 85. So they were sort of upping their game in how to help. Um, Said that Southern Baptists responded in an exceptional way with food and money to help the families. One state gave $30,000 worth of supplies, but that what they needed was a lot of clothing, um, other things to help to help the refugees because they would bring so little out of Cuba. And so at that stage, the state Baptist leaders were going to go back to their own states to report on their findings. So it's just a very interesting story that popped out to me, something that was happening globally and kind of with national security that everyone was concerned about. But Southern Baptists within a month were responding very quickly to say, we have a crisis with refugees from this place um, in the state of Florida, and we need to all come together to figure out how we can help. And they were all doing it this week in SBC history. All right, Amy, that, that's really wild. That's 100,000 refugees from Cuba all of a sudden in Miami in 1962. That, that's a lot of people. Uh, that'd be a lot of people now, but that's a lot of right. people back then. Um, yeah. I, I want you to scroll down to the last two pages of this, and I'm going to say we need to bring this back. We're, we're, we're kind of at BP now. We have the ability to bring this back, Amy. Yeah, some of these issues are really fun to look at, not just the one story you know that I put out. So they had a, I guess it's kind of like a graphic. It's like a life infographic. Like this is your life in, in right. graphics. Right, and it it's was- amazing. It was a on SBC presidents, and so there was a. It's like a. It looks like a little comic strip, except it's it's a you know serious. It's a kind of a biogra- It's kind of a biographical sketch, um, in graphics of Herschel Hobbs, and Ramsey Pollard. If anybody wants to just do one on their own of JD Greer and Steve Gaines and Ronnie Floyd and Fred Luter and Bryant Wright and Johnny Hunt and all them, the last four or five presidents, go for it. We may run it. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Definitely check that out. I, I think my favorite part is them sitting around listening to the radio and the Baptist hour. You see that in the bottom there? Yes. The family and the dog all sitting around listening to the radio, the Baptist hour. We should bring that back. That's what this is, kind of. This is the Baptist hour. Oh, wow. Mind blown. It all came full circle. Okay, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is a new book I just got in the mail this week called Your World Class Assistant. It's on how to use your assistant better. And since I have an assistant, uh, it's by Michael Hyatt, and I want to maximize her time and her abilities. 
And I, I hope I do that well. Uh, Hillary sometimes listens to these. So Hillary, thanks for listening. Uh, but she actually works for both of us. She, she helps you out with book and travel and different things and does a lot of great things for me. I really appreciate her. So I got this book uh, a while back and it just came in the mail. I pre-ordered it. So that is my resource of the week. So if you're, you're looking to better work with your assistant, I would encourage you to uh, check out your world-class assistant from Michael Hyatt. Amy, your resource of the week is? Uh, mine is also a book. It's called Emblems of the Infinite King, Enter the Knowledge of the Living God. It's a, a book. We just received this in the mail here from Ryan Lister, who is a professor at Western Seminary up in Oregon. It's essentially like a systematic theology for kids. It's got a gorgeous cover, by the way. It it really does. And it's kind of a square shape. It's really neat. And it's uh, essentially just takes them through the grand story of the universe and is introducing kids to uh, the beauty of God, but it uses the categories of systematic theology. So it's really great design. It's a it's a beautiful book and uh, has an illustrator that has come alongside Anthony Benedetto. Things like how the first chapter is called the throne room key, and that's the doctrine of God. And it starts talking about what it means, you know, to come into the throne room and how our story starts with the king. It's got a lot of great illustrations that are in there and just a very good explanation of some of these kind of hard concepts. So Ryan and his wife, they have four kids. And so this is just something that he has done as a dad to figure out how to kind of impart that to his children and to other to other children. So it's uh, for young readers, but at the same time, I think it's for, I think it is great for everyone. And we were definitely excited to receive our copy. So you should for sure check that out. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show this week, Amy. I'm excited and I'm a little uh, afraid um, of what next week may bring because I'm headed to Waco. Yes. And for the BGCT, I'm not afraid of that. That's going to be a blast. I'm going to enjoy my time with Texas Baptists over there in Waco. But I've been told to go to the the silos. You should. I just was at the silos a week ago, actually. Well, I've I've been given a list. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So you can see where my fear and trepidation lies. Yes. So we'll see how that works out. So, But I'm looking forward to it. Never been. Looking forward to it. Yeah, you should definitely go. You will enjoy it. And uh, you also should check out a bookstore that I went to last week called Fabled. It was awesome. It's my favorite independent bookstore I've ever been to. Oh, wow. That's saying something right there. It's like I walked in and uh, I was with my friend Beth and she and I have a lot of sort of books that we have in common that we love. And we walked in and it it was as if... We owned the bookstore because it was all of our favorite books together were sort of the main displays. And uh, even an author that we like was there giving a talk. So it was just really, it, it was really neat. Wow. But, do they have yeah. coffee? Oh, yes. Yes, they, they do. do. Okay. Well, I'm supposed yeah. to have coffee with a friend uh, while I'm there. So maybe we can do that at Fabled. Yes. About that. Really good stuff. All right. Well, that's good. All right. Well, that, that sounds good. So if you're going to be at the BGCT meeting next week, uh, be sure to say, hey, if you see me, uh, i got a couple of people I think have tweeted me about that. So looking forward to catching up with them. And hey, if you're ever in Nashville and want to swing by and see the executive committee offices and, and say hello, do that as well. So yes. just let us know. And and if you ever happen to be going down the street by Amy's house in Raleigh, that's just creepy. So Yes, come, but but perhaps I'll see you at, 
at, at Southeastern Seminary if I'm on campus. Next week, I'm headed to San Diego, California for the Evangelical oh, right. Theological Society. Nerd prom. Um, I am so excited. Half for ETS, but half just for San Diego. So I've got some great spots to hit in San Diego, Amy. Oh, I love San Diego. San Diego's great. It's a great town for a conference. Yes. So yes, it's incredible. So we're we'll be staying down there. Uh, it's right there on the marina where it's happening. Oh, that's and fantastic. I think there are some good topics that are going to be addressed. Yeah, and you'll there. be covering that for Baptist Press next week. So that's right. follow uh, the executive committee as well as SBC this week. We're probably be pushing stuff out mainly from SBC this week. Uh, while Amy's down there, she'll send us some content to push out and. Uh, Follow all the Southern Baptist happenings down there at ETS. So if you're going to be at ETS, be sure to say hello to Amy and Keith. They'll both be down there. So excited for you guys. And going to be a lot of Southern Baptist at ETS. I mean, it's... Yes. It, it's... Yeah. Other than, I would say other than like a, a T4G type thing or the annual meeting, obviously, it's probably the largest gathering of Southern Baptists in the year, possibly. Um, I mean, it's percentage-wise, I would say, and yeah. certainly this is where the academic community is, but this is important. This is where topics get discussed, where things get, uh, this, this is where some of the minute scholarly topics get discussed, and they sort of work things out at that, and, and they sort of consider issues at that level to then come back into their classrooms as the future leaders of our churches come through their classrooms. And so this is a great time for them to really be digging into their field. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.